0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cloud Spotting. This is Sai. Uh, Alex and I have brought to you the first episode of 2021. Alex, how fun is it to do a first one in 2021?
1: Uh, it's awesome. And 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 if we're being completely honest, uh, it's not quite the first episode, is it? We did have some technical glitches early on, which means <laughs> this is kind of like the first and a half episode, but we'll pretend that that never happened. And let's say this is definitely the first episode. How are you getting on?
0: I'm banking on the on the I'm banking on the skill of technology here to to mask us from
1: all the glitches. <laughs> or our editor Chris, that's <laughs> really what you're saying.
0: Our <laughs> <All right>, editor Chris, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: So what's been keeping you busy since we last spoke properly?
0: I think major, Nay, major. We we're, we're all at home, so we've decided we're going to do some home renovations. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much recording this in in half a room.
1: So does that does that mean you've been getting your your hammers and nails out? No,
0: no, I'm I'm useless with a ha- with uh with a hammer. I'd rather run cables and <laughs> do some more geeky stuff.
1: Nice. Well, that's funny you say that. That's exactly what I was doing this weekend. I was properly nerding out by I'm flood cabling my house at the moment with uh, Cat Six A, and I was looking at all the various different you know color combinations and having challenges cabling out. I, I'm a massive nerd, is what I'm saying. Uh, but it was good fun. Um, and also the other thing which I think leads reasonably tidily onto the subject of our conversation today but I was actually uh, a couple of weeks ago I worked with my daughters I've got two young daughters I'm proud dad Um, and um, we sat down and we built them their own first PCs together so you know got all the components together got the cases and they actually put everything together except for putting the CPU on the heatsink, but other than that, they did it all themselves, and I was I was very proud of them. Um, and I think that's that sets the scene nicely for the su- the subject at hand, which is we want to talk a little bit around um, women in tech. So uh, as I said, I'm I'm the proud dad of two young daughters. Um, both of them have shown some aptitude and some interest in the whole STEM area. Um, and as I say, we've we've sat down, we've built PCs together. They're you know they're starting to get into various different types of gaming and coding and those kind of things. And I think we've seen some great initiatives from governments and organizations and who are looking to encourage women into technology careers. Um, And I think there's been some quite significant strides forward in the past, you know, let's say 10 to 20 years. Um, I think the question for me though, is to what extent things have improved um, and how can we do more to make sure that my children and the talent of, you know, future generations are encouraged to come into our industry. So, to help us answer that and more, uh, we have a fantastic panel today who are going to help us to delve into the subject. Uh, so, we have Vanessa and Joe and Gavin. Uh, so, would you like to start off by introducing yourselves a little, uh, and tell us a little bit about yourselves and the POWER organization, which is our organization within Rackspace who focuses on this?
2: Thanks, Alex and Sai. Um, <clears throat> my name is uh, Vanessa Thompson and uh, I'm Customer success manager in our enterprise segment at Rackspace. Um, I'm also one of the board members of Power, as you mentioned, Alex, which is the professional organization of women empowerment at Rackspace. And the reason we have um, this RRG is to create a community where uh, women thrive and drive greatness. And uh, one of the main reasons that I wanted to join Power and why I wanted to be on your uh, podcast as well is because I have a two and a half year old daughter. And um, as, as you've just alluded to there, you, you're trying to get your um, own daughters into uh, maybe a STEM um, opportunity um, at some point when they're older. And I just want to set a good example for my daughter, uh, make sure that it's uh, a good equal playing field, I guess, and and that she doesn't have any of the um, preconceived ideas or biases when it comes to choosing um, roles uh, for when she's older. So, um My husband and I do try our best to um, give that level playing field and and support her. Um, And and that's one of my main reasons for joining Power um, is to show her um, what what opportunities are out there for women um, and especially in the STEM industries.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Vanessa. And Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Hey, Alex. So um, my name is Jo Glass. Um, I've been at Rackspace for 15 years, actually. So um, I've got quite a few experiences over that time. Um, I work in our Zurich office over in our international side of our business. Um, and yeah, super passionate about uh, women in tech and women in leadership. Um, and similar to both of you guys, I've got two um, girls, um, one age 12 and one age nine. Um, and my partner's also uh, very heavily into the tech side of things. So I, I just really want similar to Vanessa for them to grow up with um, being curious and wanting to be creative and seeing how tech can um, you know really sort of help the world in, in their generation. Um, and to be able to go into that not facing any biases. You know, I'll hopefully talk a bit more later on about how stuff has really changed in the, the 15, 20 years that I've been in tech. Um, so I, I feel very strongly that what we do now will help shape that platform for that next generation.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much, Joe. And uh, Gavin.
4: Yeah, hi, Alex. So um, uh, if, in the beginning, I guess, um, started off as an apprentice, left school at 16, um, worked in uh, defence, then civil aviation, then moved into, uh, into IT. Uh, three tech companies. So um, Fujitsu um, was the last one where I was uh, COO for EMEA and the Americas before that, HP and, uh, and Unisys. Um, had a little break. I was intending to uh, take a year out and spend a bit of the time on, on the beach and then COVID hit. And uh, the government asked me if I'd go and help out with uh, the national testing programme. Um, so helped the team grow from kind of not a lot of uh, tests in terms of supply chain logistics was the area they asked me to look at. And got it up to with a t- fantastic team. Um, a million tests a day for uh, for PCR and five million a day for lateral flow. So very proud of what the team achieved. Um, and then towards the end of that, um, I had a conversation with uh, with Rackspace and uh, and here I am, I've been here two months and delighted to be here, learning a lot about the uh, employee resource groups or Racker resource group, they're called here. And, mm-hmm. uh, and of course that involves um, power. So I'm delighted to be here.
1: And diversity is a key thing that you've been involved in in the past.
4: Uh, yeah, so um, in Fujitsu, I chaired... Um, the EMEA and America's uh, Diversity Inclusion Committee. Um, I stood up the first um, employee resource groups that we'd had in those regions and then that was rolled out globally. We started small, we started with uh, gender and um, disability and then we we gradually rolled out into BAME, LGBTQ+, um, and and others. I'm very proud of what we achieved there. I, I chair something called Purple Space Which is uh, the only network of networks for people with disability. Um, We connect about a million employees around the world today. Um, We want to grow that to five million in the next two or three years. Um, And as part of Purple Space, we also created a a movement, um, a bit like, and we want it to become a bit like Pride is um, for LGBTQ. It's um, uh, Purple Light Up. Maybe maybe some of the, you guys have, uh, have heard of it. But it's, um, it's been going three years now. And uh, the idea is just to just celebrate the, uh, the UN's um, Day of Recognition of Person with Disability on the 3rd of December every year. And uh, we try and light up um, the world purple. So uh, you know, airlines, buildings, government buildings around the world, Niagara Falls, uh, the Clintons were wearing purple. Boris had a purple tie on. And uh, this, this year we did a 24-hour uh, Follow the Sun um, webcast and we had some fantastic speakers on. So, uh, so very passionate about disability, but also about um, all, the, uh, all the networks and the value of networks. Um, they're, they're just a fantastic vehicle for educating leadership um, and giving um, different groups, organisations or um, different parts of the population we have inside organisations a voice and um, so very, very passionate about that. And then finally, I work for a, do some work for a charity called Business in the Community, where I chair the Global Goals um, Committee, um, a number of corporates about what is it we can do to help UK business and beyond uh, understand the challenge that we have with uh, the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. Um, so, uh, so all of that keeps me, me busy.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Kevin. Um, So I think what I want to do is kind of walk through various different areas, because I mean, this is such a huge subject area um, of women in tech. And we've, we've touched on it briefly in previous episodes. You know, we've had uh, Rackspace had a graduate program where we've had a number of female graduates on there, and we've even had uh, a couple of them on the show with us. Uh, what was it last summer? I think it was. Um, and so I want to kind of look at various different areas where women are coming into their careers, both from the the earlier, the mid, and the more senior levels. And I think Joe, I'm going to come to you first because you being in a more senior role at the moment, you've you've probably seen quite the evolution in that space from when you first started out your career.
3: Yes. Um, so I started out in IT 20 years ago, um, which immediately makes me feel old, <laughs> stating that number, I have to be honest. Um, but I was the classic kind of um, super interested in science at school, but no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so, um, and you know, I still think that's a real challenge for any human at the age of 16. You have to make quite yeah. long-term impacting choices. So anyway, I, I stayed with science, but ended up studying zoology, which I loved. Um, but after about five or so years working in zoology and various extraordinarily cool jobs, um, you know, I realized that at some point you do have to earn a living and that wasn't doing it. And <laughs> long dull story, I basically um, turned up at a recruitment fair in uh, London, Kensington Olympia, and um, met this amazing guy who spotted some sort of potential in me um, and took me on as a project manager for cable and wireless. So it was, you know, quite old school telecoms at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, from there, um, you know, worked in their operations um, or ran their operations team um, after five years or so and then moved on to Rackspace. And, you know, just straight away reflecting back on what life was like then, you know, it, uh, Cable and Wireless was a traditional sort of homing ground for X forces. So, um, you know, the guys that I managed after a, a year or so were, you know, shifters. They'd come from all the forces They They were sort of mid 40s. Plus, and I was mid twenties, female, completely isolated. The only other women in the company were in HR, apart from um, there were a couple of techs. But there was there, there was kind of either that hardcore tech woman or HR. There, there just weren't really other women working mm-hmm. within that business. So that was that anyway. And then yes, came over to Rackspace, um, and again, you know, Rackspace has evolved a huge amount in those those fifteen years. I mean, you know, I, I was definitely the the only woman um, in my department at the time. Um, you know, and looking back on it, you know, I've gone through a couple of bouts of maternity leave, and you know, all these sort of big changes that really do impact women in their career one way or another. Um, and I was just kind of thinking about you know what advice or what stories I would tell from it. I mean, there's definitely challenges, like I mentioned there. You know, ma- managing those guys I found phenomenally daunting. Um, another one that always makes me laugh is more recently I was you know here in Zurich, and the, the a lot of the teams are in the UK, mm-hmm. and I would be the a female head on a Zoom screen, and the rest of them would be in the meeting, and it was really hard to chair that meeting and keep yeah. control and make sure that the conversations were staying on track. Um, so I, I guess you know to just to kind of reflect on it now that it's great that it's much more of a common topic because I think for any woman in tech you, you know you aside from the colleagues you've got around you you know get online there's so many inspirational women out there there's so much literature out there you know it's it's fantastic that it's such a commonly talked about topic now. Mm -hmm. which it definitely wasn't, you know, more historically. I think then, you know, a lot of it is then down to us as individual women as well, you know, think creatively, what sort of roles do you want to go for? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, reach out to other women in tech, reach out to women outside of tech. I mean, there's all these transferable skill sets that can come in and be applied to tech. You don't have to be, you know, an engineering major. Um, You know, find your mentor. um, Think about, um, yeah, what value you can bring into a business. And one thing I always like to talk about with to other women, but actually it's relevant to anyone, is, you know, what you feel can't be seen. So put on your big girl pants or big boy pants and just go and ask for it, do it, see it, say it, whatever it's going to be. But whatever nervousness or trepidation you might feel inside, that can't be seen. So you've got this great opportunity to just, you know step up step out there ask the question mm-hmm. so that kind of thing went a bit more philosophical than my specific career but I just think that's one thing you know going from being relatively shy in my teenage years to less so now I, I just think it's something that I would always challenge anyone but especially women of yeah know what you want and start asking and talking and be curious and and you know see what comes out of that.
1: I think that's really interesting because actually one of the things you've you've highlighted there is so, some of the challenges you describe are challenges that that impact everybody regardless of sex mm-hmm. um, but it, there's more of a challenge perhaps when it's um in the w- when it's a woman who's going through that same situation so your example there of being in your 20s and managing all these more uh experienced people around you that's a challenge mm-hmm. for everybody but then when you add another layer of challenge on top of that it just takes it to that next level doesn't it
3: yes i think so
1: um so from your perspective Vanessa you've you're you're what i would call somebody who's more in the in the mid career kind of a role you're um you're not junior you're not completely green you've not come in from uh you know from university straight off the <laughs> back but equally you're not running the company yet so w- <laughs> what what talk us a little bit through your your experiences to date
2: Yeah um so i accidentally fell into the IT industry at the age of 21 um and it was i don't know if um some of the younger Generations are having the same challenges now, but I, I just wanted an entry-level job in an office, and nobody would give me a chance because I had no experience. So it was this mm-hmm. chicken and egg situation, um, yep. and they had a last-minute opening at um, it was a, a antivirus uh, security vendor. Um, I got a call on the Friday. Can you start Monday? Um, so I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Went in with all my enthusiasm. And when I put my mind to something, I'm I can I can pick things up quickly. I show a lot of dedication and I want to do the best that I can do. And I picked up that role super quickly um, and, and within three months had been promoted to um, an account manager looking after a number of customers. Um, and I, I worked at that A V vendor for about seven years in the end, uh, made my way up to um, a channel manager. So i managed uh-huh. managed um, partner relationships and partnerships and that was very male dominated. Mm. Um, so it was a very tricky situation. I, I felt like I had to work 10 times as hard to try and prove what I was capable of and what I could do. Um, whereas I felt like some of the men around me just kind of that they found that, um, that journey a lot easier, um, at the time. Um, so I, now I look back, I can see maybe some of the challenges that I faced, but i just i guess kind of took it on the chin and and just worked hard, kept my head down um ended up at Rackspace a couple of years after um leaving that antivirus vendor um so I joined Rackspace in twenty twelve initially um mm-hmm. and i've I've loved the whole journey um through the 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 um different i t vendors and companies that I've worked with, and I think overall. I've had probably a fairly positive and good experience. I've had the right people um, as managers. I think that's a really key thing, that if you have the right people that believe in you and can give you the right chances, then you can kind of put your stamp on things and make something of yourself. Um, So I think I've just been kind of right place, right place, right time.
1: So, But your comment there actually does suggest that, um, you know, the power to make change and the power to... Help to drive forward improvements in this space is is with individuals because you you said they're yeah. your managers are the people who have given you a really positive experience and helped you to drive forward your career, um, so I think there's often a, an element of people saying, "Well, I'm just one person. How am I going to change, you know, change the world, change the system, all that kind of stuff?" And uh, I, I, maybe I'm taking a little leaf out of your book here, Joe, and uh, going a little Zen on it, but but I do think that the power of the individual is there to make differences in this space, and you've just demonstrated that through your experiences, Vanessa.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I think it does take um, probably determination and grit. And I think we've we've talked about that as an organization with some of our senior leaders um, having grit. And um, I, th- I think it is important that individuals try and believe in themselves, I think, first of all. And um, I know Joe feels strongly about being authentic and being your authentic self. Um, so I think it's really, really important to go for what you want in life um, and and try and not worry too much about um stereotypes and the challenges mm-hmm. that you may face um and then i think it's a little bit of luck as well as i said with with uh management manager placement mm. um, and having mm-hmm. the right people to support you
1: and just in terms of you know both joe and yourself um you so you've each gone through these phases of uh starting new roles gaining experience in those roles becoming somebody who's putting your hand up to say i think i'm ready to move up to that next step could you talk us through you know maybe some of the challenges that you've had or some of the not only challenges but some of the positive experiences in that space uh and maybe even where there there are some you know it's easy for us to make an assumption as to what we think the world looks like but you know are there any misconceptions in this space?
3: um yeah i'll start off with with that one i mean i think Vanessa's point about it's in you is is really key. I mean, for myself, I've always liked to learn. And um, even though I've been with Rackspace for a long time, I've done a number of different roles within that. And actually, they've been quite different. Like every two or three years, I was doing something different. And often that was where I was, I was asked to come in and set up a a new team at the time. There was a a sort of ops support group operations never had any of that sort of background support side of things, the process and the project management Um, HR asked me to go and do a a secondment with them to, you know, kind of work with them on their HR operations side of things. Um, And I think a lot of it is, yeah, it goes back to understanding you. I think a lot of it is, um, being brave and just going, yep, I want to experience this. I want to try it out. Um, mm. I think one thing I really learned, I, I definitely went in um, potentially in the early years thinking that I was perhaps expected to, to know a lot of it already and was really quite scared if that's the right word to use about asking questions or raising hands and saying look I don't know or I need some help whereas the whole point of learning is that you're you don't know everything and you know you've mm-hmm. got to you've, you've got to be able to come in and ask those questions but if you're think if you you know I keep using the word curious today but if I use think of that and you know people have seen that Potential in you. So base your confidence on that and then go from there. Don't listen to any sort of, you know, the classic imposter syndrome or any questions in your mind or anything else like that. You know, take from it the the positives of that situation. Um, You know, reach out to whoever your support network is, whether that's your partner at home or your manager or whatever, but you know, just take. Don't um, start to self-doubt because you don't know everything, which is a little bit of a classic female trait. You know, if you haven't got every single box ticked, then you're you're not ready for it. Well, that's that's not true. Um, obviously, if you know, you're going into finance and you can't add up this fundamentals, you've got to get right. Yeah, exactly. But if we're talking about more transferable skills and that sort of thing, you know, People have seen something in you that means that they think you can do the job. No one is expected to be 100% from the get go. So, you know, get in there. Like Vanessa said with her sort of, you know, super enthusiastic positivity, you know, you've got certain skill sets you can bring to it and get ready to learn and and Mm -hmm. go from there. So I just think, you know, that the positives can come from yourself very, very quickly. Of course, there's challenges, but, you know, life would be boring without them. Um, So, yeah, so that's how I would uh, start to look at that.
1: Fantastic, thank you. And and Vanessa, what about yourself?
2: Um, so overall, um, I haven't experienced too many challenges. Um, I've I've always been, I think, quite lucky um, in in finding my next opportunity um, and progressing. One of the The big things I think is probably, and and this is just from talking to other females in in our industry, is around um, maternity leave. So taking Mm. um, a break. And as I said, I have a two and a half year old daughter and uh, having only just joined customer success not that long before um, going out on that break. I don't know if it has necessarily put me on a back foot, but obviously when you return to work, you need that support um, and it comes back. Again, to the people that are around you and supporting you um, in how you best deal with that that situation. And, and again, mm-hmm. I had a really positive experience. I know others that haven't had that. Um, so it's about easing back in and taking things slowly, figuring out how you balance the childcare um, demands and the, the demand of a, of a new child as well, and balancing your um, work as well. And I think having a supportive partner. Um, is important as well so that you share um, that responsibility and if anything I think COVID has helped maybe shine a little bit of a light on family kind of setup and Absolutely. support systems um, so I think that's definitely um, a challenge that that many women do face in the industry.
3: I think that's one thing that's quite interesting, you know, looking where Rackspace is now. And, um, you know, we're a lot more mature as an organisation than we were, say, 15 years ago. And it's really fascinating to me to see how the company has evolved, not just from specific initiatives we're taking to support diversity and to support women returning from maternity leave, but just kind of unconsciously in the business as the workforce is growing up and more and more people have got families or, you know, as we've grown and we've hired in more people, it, there's definitely a different, more supportive atmosphere. You know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, we had a lot of, you know, singles overseas and, and Rackspace was this amazing working environment that just sort of created the fun as well as the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is something to be quite aware of in your environment as, as well. Um And I think now you know we're. My point is just there's a lot more understanding. So yes, you know you've got to know what you want as a female returning back from maternity leave, and you've definitely I wholeheartedly agree about that supportive family network. Um, But you know also I think it's worth just acknowledging from a company perspective that we've you know your manager may now be somebody who's got children, whereas you know ten years ago they might not have done, whether that's male or female, and you know and that inherent understanding just naturally starts to change the. the atmosphere and the support and how a woman might feel coming back into where we are now versus before, or, you know, then other different companies. So I just wanted to make that point that it is definitely on the individual and their direct support unit, but mm-hmm. it, there is for us in Rackspace anyway, there's just been this natural change, this natural evolution that we've gone through that is creating a more supportive environment.
0: You're, you're absolutely right. I think on that point, Joe, because uh, we can see this change happening and it's funny you mentioned it because uh, I, I joined Rackspace when, when my daughter was just about born and my wife and I, we made an active choice to say, we will split the load in terms of childcare. And, and Vanessa, when you mentioned childcare, it kind of it reminded me of it. And and I was, I was funny enough, I was asked a question by, by an older manager at that time to say, why why are you spending so much time picking, in, picking up your child and dropping her off at daycare? Uh, you know, uh, can your wife not do it? And it's funny, at that point I couldn't answer the question. I was just saying, Look, it's 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 part of it we're both raising her up but then as the team grew it, it was in understood saying that you know what it's a joint responsibility and i'm glad we you brought that point up because it it definitely needs to be mentioned
1: yeah the whole the whole childcare piece is is a challenge for many often for both parents when they're splitting that time and i think organizations in general and to your point joe where you said about um covid has had a bit of an impact i think people are are starting to realize a little bit more of the impact on, on family life
3: so i think alex the other point there is around acceptance um so it's now actually quite normal for any of us to be on zoom and for a family member to come in or a child needs something or there's noise in the background but yes. i mean let's think 12 14 months ago it's not that long ago mm-hmm. it was um very awkward if you were in a, a meeting and you were disturbed in that way to the point where, you know, viral memes went around of poor people <laughs> being interviewed where it because yes. it was funny. Whereas now it's like, well, that's just normal. You know, pe- we all have families. So I think it's almost removed this weird sort of delineation we had mm-hmm. between work and family life. We're all human. We all have you know, studies and spare rooms that we sit in and we all have kids or dogs or whatever walking in and out. And I I just think that's where the pandemic has actually really helped remove that. Whatever stigma there might have been, it's gone. And I really hope we maintain that.
4: I agree with you, Joe. So uh, you're you're, you're absolutely right. I think the I'm hoping that when we, you know, we start to to kind of get back to whatever normal is and the culture of presenteeism which you know I've observed mm. in a number of organizations, which is incredibly unhealthy. You know, if you're not in the office, you don't get to know what's going on. Yep. I think that culture, which was very pervasive, um, maybe not in every organization, but certainly in several, um, I think that I'm hoping that will have changed um, for good. Um, and it was definitely a behavior that uh, would disadvantage quite often you know, women. Um, who had you know, other obligations or reasons to to need to be somewhere else um, and get back to the family, etc. Um, you know, in that culture of if you're not in the office late um, and you know you're not there and you can't come for the beer, then you're not part of the the, the team and you won't get your promotion, etc. I think um, that that has changed and definitely will change going forward. And uh, rather than have just the occasional kind of champion for women and women that are prepared to stand up and talk about that. Um, I do agree with you. I think it's much more commonplace now
3: yeah definitely sorry one more um, anecdote Mm. Um, I was really lucky when I first moved over to Switzerland my manager was super supportive Uh, my girls at the time were five and three Um, and he agreed that uh, because we my partner gave up work so he was doing the daddy daycare and I was full-time work but Rackspace was still or my manager was still completely fine with me on a Friday finishing up to collect them from school Mm -hmm. but that meant leaving the office at 20 to 3 in the afternoon which especially when we worked with the UK a lot so 20 to one in the afternoon I'd be basically going mm. and it didn't matter how much um, support verbally I'd had I still felt so awkward walking out through that office at that time of the day and you'd find it I'd find myself initially doing stupid stuff like just dropping into conversation that I happened to have been working late on different evenings and it's just ridiculous I shouldn't need to shouldn't have needed to have felt that I had to justify that I was finishing at that time to go and collect my kids and spend you know a couple of hours with them Um, and like you say Gavin I just really really hope that that has just evaporated because it it's just a non-point now Um, and you know if we need to pick up kids from school or if we happen to have a conversation at four o'clock when we're sitting at home because your child wants to talk to you about their their day that's so much more meaningful and something that we should want every employee to experience rather than this ridiculous sort of yeah infrastructure that we built up to try and um feel okay that we were apparently leaving early so that whole presenteeism thing Gavin I I think it's such a strong point and it's something we've got to try and maintain as we get back to whatever the the new normal is going to be
1: I think um what I want to do now is actually I want to move us on to something else that uh i had been thinking about before we came into the show so we we've talked about um you know, the, the career elements and some of the challenges and the impact of career breaks and coming back to work. And I think on the returning to work point, um, I'd argue that in technology, returning to work is actually even more challenging than in many other industries because a year out, for example, is actually a massively long time in the speed at which things change. So not only are you coming back to readjust to this new, um, working style, Um, But you're also having to, you know, pick up all of these additional bits of knowledge that have changed in the industry just in that short period of time when you've been out. So moving on to uh, one of the key things I wanted to cover today, which is how do we look at the whole recruitment and retention of women in our industry today? Because I think some of the things that we've touched on today, we've talked around that career piece Um, and we've talked around promotions but you've got to get people in the door in the first place and then they've got to want to stay gavin i know this is something that you've looked at and and you've considered around things like how do we change the ratios over time and move towards a more balanced uh society within our organizations what are your thoughts on that front
4: um the whole recruitment piece is about getting the best person in for the job and uh I'm passionate about building teams um, and getting organisations that have real diversity of thought. Um, so so when, when, you know, when I do that, when we do that, we think more broadly than just gender. You know, it is about diversity and, and balance. Um, I want the best team. Uh, I want the best talent in the team. And I want a team that's able to challenge and provoke each other so that we can kind of debate from uh, every perspective. So in order to do that, you need to have a difference of thought. And ideas that are kind of agile and effective. Um, in our industry, we talk about agile Scrum, you know, with sprints, um, in order to create different thinking and come out with the best uh, the best solutions and build solutions over time in an iterative process. To do that, you do have to have people with different experiences and different ways of thinking, um, you know, in, inside inside the organization. So, you know, an interesting. Uh, benefit of gender balance teams has been proven uh, by research is the idea of um, mutual monitoring where, where employees, they hold each other accountable. Um, that results in a greater quality of work. The, the bottom line is more diversity naturally leads to kind of a multitude of viewpoints um, and creating different paths to success. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I read a while back that McKinsey found that organizations with diverse teams have a, an average of 12% higher employer productivity um, wow. and 19% higher retention. I think it's over 50% mm-hmm. higher team collaboration. So, you know, the, the data is there, it proves the point. Um, and then, you know, to your question about how do we, how do we achieve that? Um, if I go from what I've seen in the past is a bad way of doing it. And a reason that I left uh, a tech firm in the past, um, they had hard quotas that were uh, that were issued. I should say this was probably at least fifteen years ago, but they globally issued quotas for gender, and uh, you know you kind of think, well, okay, let's you know, where's that going to take us? But it was it was really clear, very very quickly. It skewed behaviour completely the wrong way, and uh, we saw uh, women that weren't quite ready. For promotion probably could have been in another year or two with you know coaching and mentoring etc same as anybody but they, they weren't ready they were put in positions effectively set up for failure um they ended up you know for one reason or another leaving um a lot of the male talent kind of looked at the organization and said well you know i'm never going to get on here so they left um you know it really was disastrous so you've got to be so careful when you state an intent of reaching balance mm. which is great and that's what we need how you get there is really important, you know. So describing the what is kind of easy; mm-hmm. the how is less easy. Um, I think you know, in, intelligent recruitment, um, moving uh, moving towards where you want to get to through uh, seeing leaders, um, you know, uh, diverse leaders in in leadership positions, gender neutral language in the way that you know we recruit as well. It's also you know being uh, sh- showing potential talent in the marketplace that we actually behave this way as an organization. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll look at the leadership team mix. They'll look at, so, you know, what are you doing around STEM? Uh, What are you doing in terms of uh, tech job fairs? Um, You know, are you supporting programs like girls who code, you know, these things you'll find out straight away. Um, And uh, it's so important. I mean, that's the brand part. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Um, And and then in terms of, you know, uh, the talent, Staying inside an organisation, they need to be able to be successful and productive. You know, we all want to be, and we all want to be valued, and we all want to be recognised. So, that creating that environment um, and coaching and mentoring is, is, for me, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the right kind of programmes for the right kind of diverse talent? Uh, are you enabling that talent? You know, again, if it's you know disability, you know, are are, are the people inside an organisation disclosing or sharing? In order to go and get you know, whatever um, adaptations or support they might need. Um, if they're silent, um, then they you know they won't become productive, they won't get promoted, and um, they won't be therefore put into positions of being examples of, of leadership, um, and that we have a diverse and inclusive culture. So it's it's not a simple answer. Um, there's many ingredients that go into it. We've just got to be smart. Organisations need to be smart about how they attract talent. They have to be authentic in the way that you know. Don't just talk about it. Demonstrate how that's working, and you know it'll show up on Glassdoor. It'll show up in uh, in, in LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is uh, again studies and the work that I've done in previous organisations. LinkedIn is a fantastic networking um, environment for women, and uh, it'll be it'll be you know the word will be out there. It's already out there about what kind of organisation. Um, they want to move into and when they're looking at opportunities, it'll be apparent is that organization really authentically a kind of place that, you know, uh, women can be successful. Mm-hmm. So long, long, long response, Alex, but a, a lot of a lot of elements to it
1: well it's 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 not an easy subject to to summarize into a thirty five forty five minute podcast, is it um so just to continue on that point, Joe, I'm interested to get your thoughts on um you know we we how how do we move from where we are today to this call it a utopia where actually we're not really thinking about what is the balance because it's already naturally balanced. We're not thinking about actively needing to have these additional pieces in place because we're already there. What do you think are the biggest gaps between where we are today and where we need to be?
3: Well, gosh, that's a huge question. Um, <laughs> well, I think actually Gavin touched on all of the key elements. So I'll, I'll probably just add in my perspective in, into that. I mean, yes, obviously the recruiting side of things and, you know, thinking more creatively, the um, the phrase GCP uses is uh, culture ad. And I think that's something that um, any company needs to think properly about because, you know, We're in a tech revolution. It's going very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Bringing back into the the women specifically, you know, you think the pandemic has affected many women and many of them are um, addressing that situation by starting up their own thing or creating something or, you know, so extrapolating that, there's a customer base out there full of women um, and men, but there's a creative customer base out there. We absolutely, as a company servicing that customer base should be thinking, right, well, what creativity are we building internally in our organization? And and that comes back to, as Gavin was saying, around the recruitment side of things. you know, building our own through the STEM side of things, but also looking at, you know, maybe the the equivalent of me, um, you know, someone that's been in a different career but is actually looking looking at tech and going, mm. you know what, that is where I want to go for the next 15, 20 years. And I've, you know, they've got some great transferable skills. So what are we doing to think creatively at that recruiting side of things to, to get out there into completely diverse industries, educational backgrounds, etc. Um, but then really Um, again Gavin you've stolen all my answers but the piece around the um, it's not a thing anymore it's just there in Rackspace and we do have a lot of work to do just as I'm sure any company does but um, you know we've talked about this internally within Power actually about how do we create stronger female networks through mentoring through coaching how do we ensure that male managers as well as female managers are really open to what females need as they come back from maternity leave. I I go back to maternity leave because that is a biological thing that happens in many women's lives, not everyone, that companies have to be able to support. Um, And then, you know, then think about career paths for, for women. And going back to what I was saying earlier on, you know, encouraging women to speak up and think more creatively um you know thinking slightly differently is it a horizontal step yes but it's actually going to bring in more knowledge that might lead to that future vertical step or diagonal steps you know just think a bit more like a chessboard rather than just you know very very linear up and down Mm. um just anecdotally i had a really interesting conversation a, a while ago where someone was expressing surprise that uh, uh, a female hadn't applied for a a job opening that had come up in the team Um, when they this the manager knew that this female wanted to progress her career and and exploring a little bit further she felt that um, the role really didn't match her skill set you know she was very much in in one area and this although it was in the same department was something different Mm. whereas he this manager was like well why wouldn't why wouldn't she do this? Because it's within the same department. It's not a big step away from her existing skill set. Yep. But that complete diverse approach to that same situation you know from his perspective he was confused well on one hand she's saying she wants to progress but she's not applied for that opportunity she's going well there's an opportunity but it's totally irrelevant for my skill set so I'd look ridiculous to apply and it's that complete miss of understanding and communication that is actually I think preventing yeah so it's that sort of conversation and that's why people need to reach out from all different angles to start to discuss this more to prevent you know really really silly situations like that happening
1: thank you very much joe um i think on that note um we we have so much more that we could discuss on this um but but we 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 just don't we don't have the the show length uh to discuss it on this particular episode but i would love to dig into this again in a future episode and just take another step into this and maybe even talk about some of the things that we've done in that period of time at rackspace Uh, to continue down this journey um but before we wrap up for the for the session today there is something that is one of my favorite parts of the parts of the show uh which is to just have a little conversation about the things that people have been reading um so joe i think do you want to maybe kick us off um i know that you had uh, a really interesting book to bring to bring to the table for this month's episode
3: Yes, sure. I mean, it, it's it's a well-known one. It's um, Daring Greatly by Brené Brown. Um, the reason I mentioned this is because you could read uh, front to end and you will get the story out of it and the evolution of, of her development as well as what it would bring to you. But you can also dip into specific chapters. Mm. But what I just feel that she is so open and um, there's so much content in there Mainly for women, and it goes from everything from around your own vulnerability to um, being willing to share that and potentially expose it, and that the world isn't going to collapse around you, all the way through to you know how that applies into obviously into the working environment. There's stuff in there about parenting that you can apply it to that, to friendships. Um, so, for me, I just found this book really inspiring um, from all different levels, like I say, whether you read it all the way through or you can just dip in and out at at later points. Um, It's not just for for women, it is predominantly at that, but I would also say that it's there for men as well. So um, yeah, I highly recommend it. If you don't have time to read, she does some amazing TED Talks, so you could always just go for the, the audio version of that. But Daring Greatly by Brené Brown is my recommendation.
0: It's a fantastic point, Joe. I I did watch the the, the webinar by Bernie Brown. Absolutely love her. She's amazing.
3: Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Joe. And I think that actually touches quite neatly into one of the points you were making earlier around role models as well, because I think that really people need some level of inspiration to be able to give them the confidence to think, well, do you know, there's other people who've done exactly what I want to do uh, and following that, following their advice and guidance and mentorship, whether it be directly or virtually. Um so Vanessa, I believe you might even have a couple of books for us. You've gone all out
2: <laughs> I did I did um so I'm reading a couple of things at the moment. um mine is maybe not so uh deep um, as Joe um but I've uh, been reading how to talk so little kids will listen um by Joanna Faber and Julie King and okay. um just a just a fun way of of trying for my husband and I to uh, talk to our little girl and and try it. Mm. It's actually quite interesting the way that they position certain things. And I think unconsciously we talk to even each other and to children in a particular way and expect Mm. a certain outcome. And actually, when they position it and say, as an adult, if you were to um, say something in, in the way that you would your child you would probably get a slap in the face. Like it,
1: it, it's. it's um, need it's, to try that into one-to-ones or something. <laughs> it's,
2: it's quite interesting. I, I'm just trying to think of some examples now of um, the way that you you would phrase a question or something, but it's mm. almost as if you um, wind the child up even further. So it's just about mm. using the right language to get the, the right reaction um, or to try and encourage them to think that they've come up with the idea themselves so that yeah. they then want to do something that you're asking them to do um so I, i've just found that a really really interesting read
1: excellent it sounds a little bit like neurolinguistic programming kind of thing in there as well yeah yeah
2: yeah pretty much pretty much it's just i think it just gets you to think a little bit more about the way that you communicate and and the book says that it can be used on ages from 2 to 7 so anyone that has any children of that age, I would recommend this book. And it's taken a little getting used to because it's not natural language that you would potentially use with your child. Mm. Um, and I'll probably read it again, actually, just to <laughs> kind of let it settle into my mind properly.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, I'd,
0: I'd second that book, actually. I've used the same book. It's it's about, yeah, it's, it's about the way we say things. And you're absolutely right. We're growing up, if if my parents had said something, you've got to do it. There's no questions, but yeah. I think now we have to put it in a manner where they understand that this is something that we ask them to do.
1: That also yeah. explains a lot about how you talk to me now, Sai. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, two to seven. I'm looking for the next version up.
2: <laughs> there, is, there is another one. There is another one actually called uh, so, uh, how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. So maybe that one, Sai
0: maybe actually I, I have another follow-up uh vanessa because i i read the book when my daughter was young and i've kind of now i don't know if lack of a better word graduated to another book which uh, which is little girls can be mean oh. um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's and, and we're facing a lot of those examples now in school where you know girls tend to say oh you're my friend i'm your you're not my friend today and and it's it's sort of it impacts them emotionally and this book helps a lot to understand how to position conversations to help them gain that confidence
1: very interesting which
0: is very interesting yeah so uh, as i said it's a, it's a graduation from uh, how to talk to kids to help them to talk to others
2: <laughs> I have to have a look at that
1: one <laughs> and gavin i think you also had uh, had a suggestion of a book you wanted to bring to there as well
4: yeah thank you just just a couple of quick ones i think the first one is a, a book called factfulness um, so uh, a really, really interesting book written by Hans Rosling. Um, it, it talks about um, in this world of you know information and data being so fast and changing so fast, how actually big decisions and big statements and movements are based on so little fact. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the past mm-hmm. there would be a lot of research, a lot of thoughts, um, a lot of groupthink, and a lot of diverse thinking. Mm-hmm. um before decisions were made um we're in a we live in times where that's just not happening so it sounds a bit scary but I, I it's um i guess the upshot of the book is is actually really good in the sense that we're all many people are worrying about so many things but actually really don't need to the world's a better mm-hmm. place than we might think mm-hmm. um, and there are fewer things to kind of be concerned about and to focus on so um but it's really quite when you you know you, you look at some of the decisions that are and have been taken um, based on flawed data. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I guess we've seen a lot of that with fake news, but um, mm-hmm. he, he goes through a number of examples, which is fantastic. Um, another book written by a fantastic friend of mine, um, Kay Allen and a coach to me for many years oh. um, is corporates are from Mars and charities are from Venus. So anybody that's interested in, uh, in how, Corporates and charities can work together for the benefit of each other. Um, they literally talk different languages. So that's uh, that's a, a really interesting read. I, I do a lot of work with Third Sector and Kay is a kind of uh, living legend and advisor, and, and in, in particular on um, gender balance and diversity as well. And then she's just about to bring a, out another book called Purp- Purposeful People. So uh, a, a plug to a great friend, but uh, very interesting reads.
1: That's brilliant. Well, thank you Amazing. very much, Gavin. Uh, appreciate that. And I just want to say thank you very much to all of our guests today. Uh, Joe, Vanessa, Gavin, thank you very much for joining us. Thank and you for having us. us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, um, just, uh, I think we definitely would want to pick up on this again, um, in another few months or maybe in another 12 months and, and we can continue to see that evolution. Uh, but in the meantime, for those of you who are listening, if you've enjoyed the session today, um, we do like to broaden our topic subjects, everything from technology to careers, uh, etc. So, and finally, um, we we'll just very briefly introduce uh, Danny Rudden, who is the chair of our Power organization in Rackspace, who has the person who the the person behind the people, who's put all of this together and helped us in this collaboration. So, Danny, do you want to just give us a quick reminder of who Power are?
2: So thanks, Alex. So POWER is the professional organisation of women empowerment at Rackspace. That's what it stands for. And our mission is to create a community where women thrive and drive greatness. So we're really pleased to work in collaboration with the Cloud Spotting folks on this Women in Tech podcast. And we really hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Um, We have more POWER content available for listeners on YouTube for anyone that's interested to follow us. So please have a look.
1: So it just remains for me to say thank you very much again to all of our guests. Thank you very much to Danny for arranging all of this. Uh, Thank you to you, all of our listeners, for listening today. And if you do want to uh, continue the conversation um, or to listen to more of our content, you can catch us on the usual podcatchers. Saying earlier on, even my uh, kids actually sometimes listen to us on Spotify. So we've gone full circle right back to the start of the episode when occasionally I do walk into my kids' rooms and hear them (laughs) listening to my voice on on their computers which is a bit odd so don't forget you can also join the conversation on twitter uh, at spotting clouds you can use the hashtag spotting clouds to communicate with us and it'd be really great especially based on the type of content we've been talking about today to get your opinions so please do feel free to join the conversation with us um, and in the meantime i think that just leaves us with one final thing which is to say thank you everybody and we'll see you next time